This is Cruz, and this is episode 24 of Above the Line Podcast. Today's question is the most important question we can ever ask ourselves. And that question is, how do I know that I am saved? And this is a great question that I feel like more Christians have and just don't publicize. Or at least we hope that Christians have uh, this question. We hope that people have this question because it shows that they are concerned with their eternal salvation. It shows that there's a legitimate concern there and that there needs the security of an answer. So I think the simplest thing that we need to uh, lay down first, the foundation of this answer, is how we are saved. We are saved by grace through our faith in Jesus Christ. And we know that our faith in Him is a gift. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it states, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God not a result of work, so that no one may boast. And our connection with God can and will be tested from that point on. And our faith being something that is going to be proving, our faith will be refined and tested through our struggles. But the encouraging thing to know through all of this is that if God is guiding us in our faith, then that means God is sustaining us in our faith. And our connection to God is not dependent on ourselves, but dependent on Him. And that God is a faithful, loving God, and He will never let go of us. So the first point that I would like to make as for evidence of our salvation is to look at what your heart desires. Because your heart's desires will change. And if you haven't listened to episode 22 of our podcast, in that episode we established just how deceitful and wicked the natural heart is. How our natural heart is that rebellion against God. And that it's not as if there's specific sins that need to be fixed, but the nature of our sin needs fixing. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it's important to look at how he states our spiritual life before our conversion and before our faith in Jesus Christ. He states, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once followed following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Now that shows a change. Among whom we all once lived. Now show this is uh, speaking in past tense, in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Now that puts a strict definition on spiritual deadness, but also a disease that is applicable to all of mankind, of children of wrath, being opposed to God. Now once resuscitation takes place, once we are brought to life, we are gifted a new heart, and that new heart has new desires. Now imagine taking our old heart, a heart that has not been renewed, a heart that is dead, And taking everything that that heart loves to it now despising it. And that everything our old heart desired, it now loves God. And how thankful we should be that God's gift of faith and love for Him are implemented at the center of our being. That everything sprouts from that once God gives us a new heart. Now the second point I would like to make, and maybe the most evident within our walk and and something that we struggle with, and it takes place of the refining of our faith, is spiritual conviction. 
The walk of a Christian revolves around growing pains. And the renewal of heart, once taking place, implements immediate justification. And this is important to realize, is that it's not as if we are growing in um, our justification of God, but once we are justified before God, that's when we are safe. And that's when the growing pains begin. And the purifying of our faith is a very slow and tedious process. And this brings us to our second indication of salvation is the spiritual conviction that we go through. And this can be absolutely excruciating and also lead to questions such as the one we are addressing this morning. And the Apostle Paul is quoted as stating in Romans chapter 7, which has to be one of my personal favorite most relatable pieces of scripture. Starting in verse 15, he says, For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. And this is the perfect depiction of a Christian. Our Christian walk, really every day we should be in spiritual warfare. We should be in the battle of fighting against our flesh and desiring and to glorify and please God. And this is the fruit that is developed. And, and, you know, as noted, our desires change, our love changes, and our focus shifts to God. And I believe what is biblical is that good evidence for the Christian connection to God is legitimate evidence of connection to God. You have to ask yourself, what are you following? What is consuming your soul? What are you obsessed with? What do you long for? These are all great questions to, to find out what your desires are. But also leading us to our third point, what fruit you are seeing produced from your walk with the Lord? Are you sharing the gospel? Do you talk about God? Do you have a hunger to know him more and to share him more with other people so they know him more? John chapter 15 verse 14 states, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We take the role of the branch here, us holding and bearing this fruit, and it's stemming from us. But God is the vine, and God produces that fruit from us. And we know that all good fruit comes from him and only him. And good fruit is evidence of the Holy Spirit, that vine residing within us, producing this good fruit. Now, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, we see what this fruit that the Holy Spirit is that develops. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is being produced from the Holy Spirit within us. The vine that he is is the evidence of the work he has done and the work that he is continually doing. 
And it is important to realize that these attributes of God that we see and the fruit that is being born from the Spirit are only accessible and only produced from Him. That we, in our natural state of sin, cannot produce any of these, any of these that are genuinely definable. It's important also to look at John 15, 2, that shows what happens if we do not bear good fruit. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may be bearing more fruit. And this piece of scripture shows us the importance in bearing fruit and that he will bear fruit in us. And we do this by looking at Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the sea of scoffers, but his delight. And that ties back into looking at our desires, what pleases us, where we feel content at. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And I think what we draw from this text is that once that seed is planted within us, and the tree begins to sprout, and the branches go out, and they start to bear fruit, that is an important, and, and, and it is important that our tree is receiving proper nourishment, and is, is receiving proper discernment, it is increasing in knowledge. And, and not only is it increasing in desiring to know God more, and desiring to be like God more, but fleeing from evil and temptation and being prepared for every good work that is set before us. And, and lastly, not a point that I'd like to make, but just two questions that in simpler terms you can ask yourself. And the first being, am I concerned with the matter of my eternal security? And if you are concerned then you have to ask, is my eternal security insured? And these are really the two most important questions you can ever ask yourself, and I plead with you, please don't let them slip your mind. Don't let this be something that you just focus on or, or, or that you, you hesitantly think about for a second, but, but legitimately dig into Scripture and, and, and ask yourself if your eternal security is insured. And I think before this message is over that it's important that we realize how our eternal security insured and that is by Jesus Christ, the perfect son of God and the perfect man to walk the earth, dying on the cross, bearing our sins, becoming sins and bearing the wrath of God so our eternal security can be insured by believing and having faith in him, repenting, turning away from our natural sin from our natural desires and turning towards God in the hope that he sets before us. And that is the most beautiful, best message I have ever heard. 
And I thank you for watching the episode. I thank you for listening. And I also thank you for the support and the encouragement. I pray that you please pray for the ministry, what we have upcoming in the episodes to come. And uh, please pray for me, and I will continue to pray for you. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.